0: Welcome to the Grantland Basketball Hours. 25 most intriguing people of the playoffs. Here's Bill, Jalen, and Zach.
1: Uh, How you doing? I'm Bill Simmons. That's Grantland, Zach Lowe. Grantland's
0: Jalen yes, Lowe. Indeed. We're claiming
1: you for Grantland. And uh, most important to, to say here, you did not make this list.
0: No. You weren't involved. I was on one of your lists in 2003, though. Well, that's true. That's
1: why I try to keep you off my (laughs) list. So you're going to critique some of this thing. But these are our most intriguing guys of the playoffs. Okay. And we're counting them down backwards from 25 to 1. So who is number 25? Oh, it's 2016 President Brad Stevens. He's only going to be in the NBA for two more years. So this is your last chance, really, to enjoy him coaching. Uh, Zach. Were you surprised that he coaxed the Celtics in class playoffs with no Rondo, no Green?
2: Not really. I mean, <laughs> okay. it's the Eastern Conference. It doesn't take a lot of coaxing. Preach. It doesn't take a lot of coaxing to get you in there. But look, they've done the Isaiah Thomas trade was great, totally revolutionized their off-the-bench offense, and they have shooting, and he's a really smart coach. He's going he's gonna to push some buttons in this series. You so
0: would have t- wanted to play for him. A terrific coach, and I want to piggyback off something you said that was really important. He's only going to be in the pros the next couple of years. Don't Stop. say it. Do you Stop think it. that's because it. he may go to one of the schools in Carolina if a job frees up, UNC or Duke University? You think he's holding out for a gig like that? Or the Indiana Hoosiers? Stay tuned. I
1: don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Let's
0: go to number 24, <laughs> Kyle Corver.
1: <laughs> so he's intriguing, uh, not just because he made over 200 threes and shot 49% on three, which has never happened before, but now it's Northamosepulosha. Really, the only two guard. He's going to have to play a lot of minutes. Can you do it, Zach?
2: It's going to be Well, look, he can't guard the big wings, the LeBrons of the Eastern Conference, right? That's going to fall on Damari Carroll and and Kent Bazemore, kind of. But Korver is a borderline star player in the NBA. That's how important his shooting is. And we'll see if it translates to the playoffs when teams are going to switch a little bit more and do some funky stuff so that he can't get open. All right, I screwed up. I didn't get
1: to set you up on that one, Jalen, because we got to go to number 23, the Raptor. (laughs) Zach's our mascotologist. Why is this your favorite Raptor?
2: Look at him. Look at him dancing, wearing stupid glasses. He's coming off, they got the inflatable guy, he's coming off an Achilles tear, the person who plays him, and more importantly, he's a stand-in for, by a mile, the best Eastern Conference crowd among all playoff crowds. They have thousands of people who stand in Maple Leaf Square in horrible Toronto weather just to watch Masai Ujiri curse about whatever team (laughs) they're playing.
0: They've done a terrific job of making Toronto basketball a destination. I agree with you about the route All right, we're moving to number 22, Darren Williams and Brooke Lopez. America was
1: really hoping we weren't going to see these guys in the playoffs. Everyone's <laughs> waiting for the Pacers. Greedy story. Somehow they're here. They're the eighth seed. They're going against Atlanta. Uh, will this be the last time we
2: see these guys in the playoffs together? Well, well, Brooke Lopez is a free agent, and the bu- or could be a free agent. And the buzz is he's going to opt out, and, and maybe he does go somewhere because he's been tearing up the league looking like old Brooke Lopez. For the last month. And if they have any chance in hell to win a couple of games Atlanta, he's got to keep looking. He's got to keep looking like that.
0: When I look at Brooke Lopez' reflection in the mirror, I see Jalil Okafor, a player when he's really playing at a high level, he'll get me 20 to 25 points. But the rebounds won't necessarily be there. Probably five rebounds. Won't necessarily rim protect. But really talented offensive players. Darren Williams, I wonder if, Paul Pierce's criticism. Now the media Mm. talking about them not deserving to be in the playoffs. And Joe Johnson facing his former Hawks team. I want to see a veteran pride of the Nets show up and see if they're going to make this a series.
2: Well, that assumes there's veteran pride. Yeah, when, have, when have we seen that for more yeah. than three games in I mean, a row? I mean, that's
1: the team that lost to the Bulls when they were ravaged by injuries, remember?
2: Yeah, no, and, and they were limping around. Al Deng wasn't playing. Joe Noah was limping around, and it was in Brooklyn, and they lost game seven I in thought Brooklyn. For, for Pierce to say the stuff that he said about them
1: kind of confirmed a feeling that I had, too, which is just like, hey, those guys got overpaid, and they don't. care about basketball.
0: Paul Pierce is a seasoned veteran. He knows that I won a championship, therefore I can say whatever I want to say about anyone because all of the media types are going to believe me. They're not going to believe the other guy.
1: That's what you get when you get a ring. You get to just (laughs)
0: criticize people. I want a ring. Uh, Number 21, Clay Thompson,
1: who has emerged. Remember, once upon a time, people were wondering why the Warriors wouldn't trade him for Kevin Love. Now we saw a great two-way guy, and yet... Something worries me about Clay Thompson. This is like this is the war movie where there's that one guy in the war movie that I'm like, uh oh, is this guy gonna snap when we get into the battle? Should I be worried about Clay Thompson?
2: I'm not. Okay. You can be. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not worried about Clay Thompson. He's got a couple years of playoff experience under his belt. He's a great shooter. He doesn't have to be a number one option for them, sometimes not even a number two option. And he can create his own offense off the dribble if you give him a head start, which they do. I don't know why you're worried about him. He's fine. Clay Thompson's fine.
1: I just said why I was worried. I th- I th- he, something about him. He's like, you think he's a heat check guy that sometimes can disappear.
0: Well, the thing I would like to see Clay continue to do is expand his offensive portfolio. He can shoot on a level of Steph. I don't think he obviously shoots as well as Steph. Who does? But he's still six seven, and he still should continue to attack the basket, use his post-ups, and not get caught up in sometimes being a heat check guy. Because when you're playing with Steph and he's just firing him like – is pop a shot, you could get caught up in that as a teammate. So that's why he has the wild swings in quarters where he'll have 25 and a quarter or 35 and a half. They're going to need that consistency from what I consider the third best shooting guard in the game behind Harden and Wade this year.
1: I guess the thing that worries me is sometimes he disappears. And I, in the playoffs, I think they're going to need him too much, especially like you have the grind of the games. We don't know if they're going to be healthy the whole playoffs. I think that's a concern. I worry about Boga a little bit, but – Thompson, his good games are so good that there's a little bit of Jamal Crawforditis where people think Jamal Crawford's this amazing scoring, whatever, but really, you know, it's three, four times a month when he plays like that. And then there are the other games where you have the four for 17s. We're both a little worried about that New Orleans matchup for them, right? I mean, I don't know. Worried is it's kind too of worried is too of, much. Maybe. We're like
2: excited that New Orleans might have a chance to win a couple of games, and that's it. Look, Clay, he slumped a little bit after the All Star break. He stopped attacking the basket as much, to, to your point earlier. But he's, the, the difference between him and Jamal Crawford is he's an all world three point shooter. He yes. has value just being on the court. And he's just, his personality is cool. He's calm. He's collected. I think he's going to be fine. I'm and, not
0: worried. And he's a lockdown defender, and they're going to really need his versatility. Yes. He yeah. takes a lot of pressure off stuff being able to guard ones and obviously guard his own position at the shooting. Him hard. and Curry
1: average nine made threes a game after the All Star break. Is that you and Reggie Miller, does it make you a little jealous? It doesn't make make me jealous
0: because here's the thing that has changed in today's game where people shoot the majority of their shots from three-point range. I played in a game where if you were hot, then you shot more threes. Now guys just shoot more threes when a lot of times they should be attacking the basket, getting free throws. But if you're the Splash Brothers, shoot as many threes as you can.
1: So you missed your calling basketball-wise, but not financially.
0: Thank you. You were in the right (laughs) I was. The last year where they didn't have a rookie pay scale was 1994.
1: Nice why I wore a red white suit of the to the draft. People I know. Coming up, more <laughs> of the most intriguing <laughs> people in the playoffs. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, our honorable mention for most intriguing. These people didn't make it. These body parts, I should say. (laughs) The most interesting one on this whole list is Paul Millsap's shoulder, just because if he's not 100% healthy, I don't know how much more injury stuff they can take.
0: The most interesting thing on there, if you're a professional athlete, is anything torso. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. You're paid, paid to be- actually stay in shape. How do you gain weight during an NBA season? It's like impossible.
1: All right, let's go to number 20 on our list of most intriguing. That's just One wrong. of our favorites. One of our Grantland heroes, Dirk Nowitzki, who has lost so much mobility over the years. It just doesn't matter. At some point, this is Dirk in 2045. Still in the
2: playoffs. Still be able to get away with that fadeaway. Zach? Why is Dwight flopping from the wheelchair? I don't, I don't get that. Uh, look, this is a series for Dirk. This is a series where they I need know. Dirk. We saw this last Needs year. Terrence Jones pretty stick for Marcus Aldridge, another seven-foot shooting power forward. If Dallas has a fighting chance in this series, it's going to be because Dirk turns it back a little bit so you can throw me the ball, and I can get you Bucket.
1: Number 19, Rayjan Rondo. What's at stake for him other than the free agent contract you think he's already getting from the Lakers?
0: This is a one-year deal, and they upgraded the position. No Patrick Beverly for the Houston Rockets, so therefore he should take advantage of Jason Terry. His floor game has always been there. Rebounds, playmaking. Now the free throw shooting, he might as well shoot them with his feet. Look at that. 1.1 a game. Free he's,
2: throws. Up, he's
1: up to 40. He's oh, to 40%. Percent. Oh, we should have thrown a party for him. Yeah.
0: He, just, he doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't want to get to the rim, and I'm not sure where that leaves you in 2015 in the NBA. But his floor game will be just fine as a 7 seed against the Rock. Okay. Let's go to number 18. These guys are playing each other. They're both free agents. You could
1: consider this series basically a, a loser-leaves-town match because, Zach, what happens in Memphis? They're already feeling the pressure. What happens if they just lose in round one?
2: I think they have a, if, if that happens, I think they have a better shot at keeping Gasol than Portland does with Aldridge in the reverse. But Memphis has a lot at stake in this playoff. They've traded two first-round picks already. The second one for Jeff Green, who has hurt their team, just like he's hurt every other team he's ever been on. He's the new Rudy Gay at this point. But Marcus Gasol's 30. Zebo's like 33. Conley's approaching 30. Like, this is their time. And if they flame out, that's... They put a lot of chips on the table.
0: As a free agent, your current team can give you a five-year deal. That last year could be worth 25 to $30 million. Ask Carmelo Anthony. I think both of those guys remain with their current teams. They're in the playoffs. They become one of the best players on their teams, if not the best. Leaders, go-to guys, why give that up when you're already in a good situation?
1: I agree with you, but I also think if this first round goes really badly for one of these two teams... It would make me wonder what's going to happen, you know. But do they reevaluate? Is if San Antonio, if Duncan leaves, and if Banu leaves, and they have money to spend, and your Gasol or Aldridge, I don't think Gasol's leaving Memphis. I'm not 100 percent sold on Aldridge staying in Portland.
0: Gasol went with the high school in Memphis, yeah. as his older brother playing for the team. I think he's become a part of that community. I don't see. Him and even. playing alongside Zach Randolph, that's a is, is a big thing. Injuries could be the reason they lose. Conley's dealing with an injury, yeah. as well as Tony Allen for Portland. There, without Wesley Matthews, he's one of the best shooting guards in the entire game. Was leading the league in three pointers made. Without him, that's where the Blazers are going to struggle. Number seventeen, Blake Griffin. Let's take a look at this.
1: CDR, nice feed to Griffin, who's necktied by Booker.
0: Good catch by Griffin Low and Marcus Saul. Pieces it down. Blake goes up. Oh, he got brought down hard from behind, and he's really angry. (laughs)
1: Oh my God! <laughs> Randy Orton, how did he get in there? We, we stole the RKO internet thing. But uh,
0: your, your quick theory yet again on, on why teams go after Blake? A professional jealousy. He's been on a lot of magazines. He's been on a lot of commercials. Does a great job as a pitch man. And he's a high flyer. Remember what happened to Timothy Mosgoff? Some of the highlights we've seen with Paul Gasol being dunked on, when you have a guy like that attacking the basket, you have to put him down or you become a statistic.
2: What do you think? This is the best series of the first round, Spurs Clippers. Mm -hmm. And little story that's actually a big story is that Tiago Splitter's been injured for the last two weeks of the regular season. He's the guy who guards Blake Griffin. He's the guy who's quick enough to guard him out on the perimeter, seven feet tall to guard him in the post. Boris Diao can get by down there and body him up a little bit with his Boris Diao torso and all that, but <laughs> um, they will miss Splitter. And if he's out for a part of that series, it's on Blake to say, I'm, I'm taking over a little bit.
1: And the Clippers are an underdog in that series and have home court in Game 7 and have all the people not even taking them that seriously as contenders. There's a lot of nobody-believes-in-us potential with them. Let's go to number 16. Our old friend in Washington, John Wall, who, yeah. who, unfortunately, this is the Wizards' offense this year. We were able to narrow these clips down from over 16,000 selections of the same play. <laughs> There's uh, That play is called four guys standing one. Oh, this guy is a kind of a fake pick. Well, it looks like they're going one-on-one again. And this is my favorite coming up, the plunger. Because they're running the clock toilet offense. Oh, one guy coming in now. He doesn't like that. Can everybody just stand still for a second? He's got a nice switch there, though. Um, But one thing you can't forget is look at the score. They're up 20. Don't defend that offense. (laughs) Uh, At what point do we feel bad for John Wall? Like, he was playing so well this year,
2: and yet the team around him didn't catch up to him, Zach. Uh, I don't feel bad for John Wall. Because he's rich because he's rich and he plays basketball for a living, (laughs) and he's got some good teammates. But, look, Washington quietly is a weird team, right? They have Wall and Beal. A year ago we were talking about, like, Beal's going to get a max contract. He's kind of stagnated. I would say he went backwards. Nene and Gortat quietly had so-so years. A lot is on his shoulders, and especially against the Raptors' defense, bottom 10 defense. You can move them around if you run a good pick and roll. You can get good shots. You can bend their defense. But that's all on him, and and it's going to be interesting to see. There's a lot of
0: responsibility. The Washington Wizards, with a penetrator like John Wall, one of the league leaders in assists, lost the ability to consistently make the three-point shot. That's the difference in their basketball team. Last year they had four guys make 100-plus threes. This year I think they have two. One of those guys was Trevor Ariza, Mm. who actually led the league in corner threes made. You replace that guy with an older Paul Pierce, you want to have Paul Pierce the last two minutes, but you'd rather have Trevor Ariza the first 46. And lastly, you have to look at their draft picks. They took Otto Porter in the lottery. When you, number three. When, when you lose a player like Trevor Ariza, you're looking at him in practice and hoping he step up. He hasn't been able to do so.
1: Well, one of the tragedies with John Wall, we're now in the pace and space era. He's the perfect pace and space point guard, and they don't play the, spot, the uh, style for it. But one of your favorites coming up here, number 15, two of them actually. Zebo and Tony Allen. All Griton Dark Alley team. And these guys have been together for a while now. Now a little revenge factor. Uh, Portland once upon a time just basically gave
0: Zebo away. All these years later, he's going back, putting them in a series. Does that even matter, Jalen? It does matter because you always are looking for motivation. And Zach Randolph is one of the handful of players that has actually averaged 15 and 10 for his entire career for the most part. So he is he does have something to prove going against the Blazers. And Tony Allen, it's about health, because when he is healthy, we know he's one of the best lockdown perimeter defenders in the game.
2: Crucial guys in this series, obviously, in every series. But Zeebo is going to start with LaMarcus, guarding LaMarcus Aldridge, and he's not quite tall enough to bother his shot. They may have to switch Marcus Gasol onto him. And Tony Allen can guard everybody, including Damian Lillard, if they want to move Mike Conley around to, to sort of optimize the matchups. And Mike Conley's hurt, too. And, and they this is... I think Portland, as banged up as they are, has a fighting chance in this series.
0: For Memphis, a team that has always had ground and pound, and Mike Conley, who is steady at the point, they haven't improved as a three-point shooting team. Oh. When they, they win 98% of the time when they make as many or more three-point shots than their opponent. And
1: what about Damon Lillard has taken so much heat the last couple months for his lack of defense? But in this series, if Conley's hurt, and you got a lot of Bino Udre... Maybe that doesn't even matter in this series. Maybe it's all set up for Damian Lillard to take over this
2: series. Well, and get a lot of open threes off pick and rolls off the dribble if Bano Ugeris is guarding him. I mean that's that's you know, he's not ready for that assignment.
1: I think Memphis is gonna win, but I also would not this is the series I just have no feel for.
0: I think Memphis is gonna win as well. Jeff Green. I think he's gonna play a key role. Yeah, one of these games
1: Jeff Green will show up. Well speaking
0: of show up, coming up more of the most
1: intriguing people. Of the 2015 playoffs, including the Spurs' last dance, we'll be right back. All right, some more honorable mentions. These are the people on the hot seat in the playoffs, especially for round one. Joe Kidd knows minutes count. Somehow, become a story for all season. But for me, the number one person on the list is Randy Whitman because I, I oh, oh, that wasn't cool. That I did not just approve wrong. that, Randy. Hey, I didn't approve that. Uh, anyway, let's go to number 14. Speaking of the hot seat, Dwight Howard the Houston Rockets, who we have really not seen be Dwight Howard for, what, three years, Zach?
2: Yeah, and one of the big stories of this season was how little Houston missed Dwight Howard when he was out for half the year with all sorts of injuries, and now he's back, and look, last year he exploded in the playoffs posting up Robin Lopez. Tyson Chandler is a better defender than Robin Lopez, but here's the thing, Houston in crunch time has one play. Give the ball to James Harden, the, the only know. guy on the floor that can dribble. Whoa. They need they need a second one, and that's him. Here's the weight, uh, the
1: decline. Fifteen and ten, basically. The PR is under twenty. How much does that worry
0: you, Jalen? It worries me a lot. So much so, as a seventh seed, I'm picking the Dallas Mavs to knock off the Houston Rockets. Do you realize that Josh Smith? is second on the Rockets in usage <laughs> behind James Harden. You don't like that idea? He's going to have the basketball a uh, lot. Stan Van Guttie didn't like it. All right, let's go to number
1: 13. <laughs> Duncan, Pop, and Manu's Last Dance. Last Dance. Check this out. <laughs> that was one of my favorite <laughs> ideas in the last couple of years. <laughs> that was <by> great. <laughs> report. uh the Spurs are always coming. We've like, we have we always, people like to count them out. And then all of a sudden they resurface again. Will we ever stop counting them out?
2: Uh, wait, look, I mean, a, in 2050? I, I don't know. I mean, they looked 50 games into the season. Like, Tony Parker didn't look like himself. He was hurt. Kawhi was coming back from eye injuries and all sorts of other things. And, and now they're back. But they're still in the sixth seed. They've got to go through three straight road series probably just to make... The finals, And they start with a great team in the Clippers. But this is the story of the playoffs to me. These guys, maybe for the last time,
0: legends, all-timers. And also the emergence of Kawhi Leonard. He's been a Finals MVP playing against LeBron James. Leads the league in steals. He's healthy now since March 1st, around 20 points, 50% from the floor, 40% from three. Maybe he's a guy that could carry them for a series. As you mentioned, they have an older roster overall. And anyway, what, what would you said they've
1: never gone back to back before? What better way to go back to back than with all these guys just riding into the sunset together? Let's talk about number twelve. He's our subway fresh face. <laughs> Draymond Green, who almost got my Defensive Player of the Year vote by his ability to guard guys of all different sizes.
0: Jalen, could you guard as many guys of sizes as Draymond Green? Not at all. I didn't want to guard anyone. (laughs) But I did want to shoot the ball, and I was a really good passer. Well,
1: Draymond was guarding point guards. He was guarding Tristan Thompson. He was guarding Chris Paul. Is that Langston Galloway? That's starting Langston Galloway. We worked a nick into the special.
2: That's the highlight of their season right there. And
1: even like we were able to get an animator, this is what it would have been like when he shut you down, Jalen.
0: He's become not only a source of toughness for the Golden State Warriors, but almost a voice in a lot of ways, especially when they're playing against tough opponents.
1: And I think they have to, even if he's, somebody's going to offer him the max. I think he's the alpha dog of that team, and I think they have to resign him. Do you think he gets the max?
2: I think someone, yeah. I think he's going to get either a max offer sheet from another team that the Warriors will match because they can't afford to lose no. the heart and soul of their team and the one of the best trash talkers in the league, as you point out. But all that stuff, guarding all those players, Dirk and Tristan Thompson. It's all on now because now he gets to guard Anthony Davis, a guy who's taller than him with go-go gadget arms and a silky jumper. This is all that talking. This is it right now.
1: And you think he has a little bit of a case of the rabbit ears, right? Yeah,
0: it's really important that, especially during this long-anticipated playoff run, Draymond, don't worry about what the media has to say. Every critic is not going to root for you, not going to root for the Golden State Warriors to win it all this year. However, if I'm him, all money isn't good money. And if it's in the same ballpark, I never, ever leave a team with Steph Curry because he's crafted a really good role with that squad, and I wouldn't lose it over even a couple of million dollars per year. I would stay there. That was a tower of Jalen moment. All money isn't good money? What was that? <laughs> Think about
1: it, like the and then Go- that should have come out of a fortune cookie.
0: The, the Golden State Warriors made... <laughs> offer him 12, and another team may offer him 14. Yeah, keep the keep the goal. I the still game. stay with right. the, in the
1: Bay Area. Let's go to number 11 and number 10, which we've combined. Two guys who are, are a little bit maligned or injured or whatever adjective verb. I can't speak. Derrick
0: Rose and Kevin Love.
1: Uh, hot take question. Which guy has most pressure ready into the playoffs?
0: Derrick Rose, because with 10 seconds to go on the clock, he's going to have the basketball. Kevin Love is going to watch LeBron. Then he's going to watch Kyrie. <laughs> then JR may jack it up. Yeah. And then he may get a chance to touch the ball. What do you expect it from Derek Rose?
2: Well, I, that's why I think, I think the answer is Kevin Love, because it's been this whole swirling story. You're the third option. You're a free agent. You're not in the Instagram photo with LeBron and all his buddies. I think Derek Rose, I mean, there are people in the NBA who think the Bulls would be better off starting Aaron Brooks. that's how low the expectations are. If he plays just pretty solid, I think that's a win for the Bulls. But by the way, and I disagree with the Aaron Brooks thing, the Bulls, they're good regardless. Rose is the only thing that gives them a chance to be special.
1: I agree. I totally agree with that. And the thing with Kevin Love that I'm fascinated by, he's never been in the playoffs. He's never had this kind of spotlight ever at any point in his life, except for the 2012 Olympics gold medal game against the Gasols and Serge Ibaka. And, I'm, just, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just, I, I'm going to be interested to see what it's like for him to stand 25 feet away from the basket and then be expected to make the biggest shot of the game if it's
0: game four. I just want to see it. LeBron James, at this point of his career, has shown that he's more comfortable when he's playing the power guard position yep. and he has three perimeter shooters with one rim protector. That's the other issue Kevin Love has to deal with. A lot of his minutes is at the same position of LeBron James. That's why long-term, I think, amongst other reasons, that it's not going to work but out we well. we know
2: LeBron is a willing passer, and up. he's got to be ready to take that shot. I, I think he'd make it. I think Kevin Love's ready to make some big shots.
1: Next year, he's going to have a problem of playing the same position as Julius Randle, Kevin Love. <laughs> uh, coming up, the Rivers family makes the list of the most intriguing people, not just of the playoffs, but of my life. We'll be right back. All right, some more. Honorable mentions. The Let's playoff get it. virgins. Jalen, when, were you, when year were you a playoff virgin? 98? I made the playoffs my rookie year. Oh, uh, well, with Denver, with sure Motorola. Well, the most interesting one on this list, we all love Miritich here on this set. Free o' Very excited to see Miritich in the playoffs. All right. Let's get to number nine. Steve Ballmer is going to be enthusiastic. Someday when Jalen's running an NBA team and someday when Jalen has a son, (laughs) Jalen Rose Jr.,
0: I guarantee you sign him to a contract or trade for him because that's basically what happened here. You got to keep the money in the family and you got to keep the wife happy. No better way to do that than use your GM powers and your head coaching ability to put your son in a position to succeed. Who wouldn't do that? Well, Zach.
1: Part of the, the only problem here is that he might actually have to play 20 minutes a game for the Clippers in the playoffs against the Spurs.
2: Well, the good news is Jamal Crawford is back and looking healthy. So even if he does have to play a lot, he doesn't really have to run the offense because Jamal will do it for him and he can stand off the ball and not be a threatening shooter. But at least he doesn't have the ball do, doing the Blake Griffin impression, you know, the floaters and all. Mm. Um, and Dr. GM is under the gun here too because they spent the only cap flexibility they had on Spencer Hawes who's not playing because Glenn Big Baby Davis is ahead of him in the rotation. Right. And they need Spencer Hawes' shooting to space the floor against a really good defense, and he might not even
0: play. And I'm going to say something that a national pundit has not said about Austin Rivers. He's actually improved as a member of the Clippers. He's become a better shooter. He's become more under control. I think now, because of this stint, he has staying power in the league. I think before this stint, he did not.
2: we have had staying power in the D-League.
0: Correct. He found a career playing with the Clippers. I, I good didn't for even him. know. I don't he did know an amazing say. dunk recently as well, I, driving to paint. I, 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 I'm going to throw to number eight. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Thibodeau and Jason Kidd. Just call cool. it like I see it.
1: They're coaching against one another. Jason Kidd on the rise. An improbable resurgence. Never thought I would call him a good coach, but he is. And Tom Thibodeau might be out of Chicago
0: after the year. Jaywin, is he the coach next year in the Bulls? Tom Thibodeau would not be the coach of the years. How about Jason Kidd, who when he left the Nets, the owner said, don't let the door hit you. Mm. And all of a sudden, he takes over a Bucks team, and they're better than the Nets.
2: And I think he knew that, by the way. I think Jason Kidd saw the writing on the wall with the Nets, said these guys are old and overpaid. This Milwaukee team, I don't know what they are, but they got some good young talent. They got the number two pick, Jabari Parker. And he's a perfect coach for this roster. It's a weird roster of guys that can play a lot of positions. And he's gonna have to be creative against the Bulls team who's just much bigger and stronger than Milwaukee inside. And I think he'll get creative. I think we'll see Greek freak at the four, maybe even at center. He's gonna pull out all the stops. Jason Kidd is a good NBA coach, period.
1: Bad matchup for them. I was hoping they were gonna play Toronto. I actually thought they could have beaten Toronto. I this Bulls team might be too big for them. But they're gonna try all kinds of stuff. Like he as you said, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Greek Freak at center. Like, I think he will throw guys out and figure it
0: out and try anything. Did you think he was going to be a good coach? I did think he was going to be a good coach. And also the thing with their roster, I I basically think of them as being team futuristic, having multiple players play multiple positions. And who better to coach a team like that than a guy that was basically a triple-double waiting to happen as a player.
2: And who entered the league as a total non-shooter, and that's going to be their undoing against Chicago. They just don't have enough shooting.
0: Carter Williams, who
1: I think has been a good gamble for them for what they gave up, they're just going to let it. They're going to be playing seven feet off him. Uh, Now we're getting to the good guys. I mean, all these guys are good, but now... whoo, Number seven, the brow. He was my pick to own round one. I don't think New Orleans is going to win round one, but I think Anthony Davis is going to win America's Hearts. The bottom line is, we watch basketball all the time America has not had a ton of chances to see Anthony Davis. Zach, do you think this New Orleans team, they're not going to win the series, but a little bit scary, right?
2: Yeah, but well look, Anthony Davis can win games by himself. And this is you, you said it, this is casual NBA fans, welcome to the Anthony Davis show. This is the next great generational superstar of basketball. And yeah, we didn't get to see him a lot this year because we had to see... Jordan Hill played 25 it's, games on national TV. At Galloway. Yeah, I mean, so this is – he's going to win a
0: game by himself in this series. That's my prediction. What is happening this year is going to help define what we see as a great career in the future for Anthony Davis. You take down the Spurs, the defending champ, on your home floor when everybody knew that the Spurs really wanted the number two seed. For them to have a big game, for them to win, I think that does provide momentum that they can build off of. It does – Monty Williams standing on the sideline because they did make the playoffs. You get Drew Holiday back in the lineup. Tyreek Evans is a really good young guard who the Kings gave up on. So, yes, the coming-out party is now for Anthony Davis. Well, and the other
1: thing is if they can get some momentum here, you take the Warriors to six or seven. Davis has a great series. Ashik's probably leaving this summer, I'm guessing. Eric Gordon's an expiring contract coming up. They're going to have a little cap space. They haven't had any picks. They lost two in the Drew Holiday trade. They lost one for Asik, so if they don't bring him back, that's a disaster. I think it's going to be tough to rebuild this roster and kind of make it, push it to the next level. So my point is, this is the fun part. They're, they're still the young and hungry. They can't lose. Nobody's giving them a chance. I, I'm looking forward to it. And I, also, I, I don't think people totally
0: realize how good Anthony Davis is. I think the NBA community does.
1: I don't think people like my mom
0: even knows who he is. Well, because he's not a me par- player. He doesn't chest thump. He just plays basketball, and he's really fluid and versatile on both ends of the floor being a competitive player.
1: My mom will notice his eyebrow, and at <laughs> some point, I'm going to get an email from her in the next two rounds or next two weeks being like, what's up with Why doesn't he shave that? It's driving me crazy. That yeah. will happen. We're going to have the whole unibrow <laughs> thing. It's going to resurface. Yeah. Number I, six. I'll give you something else okay. to watch for. He will have a quadruple double. This playoffs or just in life? This playoffs. All right. Well, this guy's not going to have a quadruple double, but what he has done is he has become the best perimeter defender I have ever seen since Scotty Pippen, who you played against. You came in the league
0: in 94. Scotty was at his defensive perimeter apex. Is that a fair comparison? That is not only a fair comparison, it's accurate. Kawhi Leonard has become normally the lockdown defender in today's game has been the big guy who's the rim protector. That's why the last couple of years, the Defensive Player of the Year has been a center. For Kawhi, he does take you back to Scottie Pippen. Defends one, twos, and threes. He can take the ball from you. He's a help side defender. He rebounds for his position. And never forget, he won finals MVP playing against LeBron James.
1: Zach, you also played against Scottie Pippen. <laughs> what? Oh, no, wait, you didn't. Uh, NBA but, Jam, I think. I did. But Kawhi's defense, I, I mean... All right, so let's say round one, Chris Paul. Round two, I, uh, uh, round two, James Harden. Round three, maybe Steph Curry. Round four, LeBron. Who else in the history of the NBA could have guarded those four guys successfully?
2: Kawhi Leonard, since he got back healthy this season, has been one of the ten best players in the NBA, period. He is an absolute monster. And this Clippers series is his series. You need Chris Paul's rolling. Put Tony Parker over on J.J. Reddick. Here comes Kawhi Leonard on Chris Paul. Other end of the floor, who's guarding him? He can post up. He can run, pick, and roll. You think Matt Barnes is guarding him. J.J. Reddick, bless his heart, is a good team defender. He's not going to have a shot against him in the post. This is
0: Kawhi Leonard's series and Kawhi Leonard's team now. And here's where stats can be deceiving. When you see that he's leading the league in assists, as a former player, a lot of times that meant a player would gamble a lot. So I enjoy playing against Iverson or Artest. You mean steals, not assists. Steals, steals because a lot of times you you do one or two dribbles, a move they'll try to take the ball from you, and it's basically a you-reach-I-teach mentality. But the frustrating thing about playing against a guy like Kawhi and or Scottie Pippen, they don't gamble. And so all of the time they're in front of you. It's not like somebody gets a rebound and they're in the backcourt trying to steal the ball from the power forward. No, he's running back getting in front of his men right. every a single spurt. time. And those guys are really tough to play against. The, you know? the best show in the NBA right
2: now. If you're like a so-so dribbler and Kawhi Leonard happens to be guarding <laughs> no, you, it's over.
1: Pass the ball
0: <laughs> immediately.
1: Well, I remember Mikhail Bird and Parrish in the early 90s. Reggie Lewis was able to come up. And I, I really think if Bird had managed to stay healthy, I think they would have snuck into the finals one of those years. But I watch how Kawhi has extended the prime of Duncan and Parker and Ginobili basically the same thing except they've had a much bigger upside two straight finals and probably headed for a third let's go to number six or number five i'm sorry james harden some people felt he was the mvp i was not one of them but is it fair to say no player has a bigger burden
0: uh offensively in the playoffs than james harden here's how it's gonna play out awards wise the media is gonna vote for Steph Curry best player best team and rightfully so I do think Steph Curry deserves to be MVP but the player's choice they're going to vote for James Harden because players normally reward the guy that they feel like has the most to do with the least talent see Steve Nash yeah this is the reason why he has two MVP awards and Shaq and Kobe have two combined and you just talked about
2: how Kawhi can guard all those positions who on Dallas is guarding James Harden They'll probably start with Rajon Rondo, who guarded him the last couple of times they played. If, if that doesn't work out or if Rondo's lack of shooting kills Dallas's offense, who, who's next? Monte Ellis can't do it. Chandler Parsons can't do it. You might have to play Al Farouk Aminu just to get someone who can guard him. He has a chance to have a monster series, and they may need it.
1: And Jalen thinks Dallas can beat Houston. I think the one thing they're going to do in this series, this is the difference between the regular season and the playoffs, we saw them do this to Wade and LeBron in the 2011 finals, and it's basically the same brain trick. Stru- brain tr- you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> they're going to let James Harden shoot his 10 to 14 free throws a game, but each time he's going to get hit. And, that's, and, and how he handles that and how he handles the mentality of just shaking it off, I don't think these guys like getting hit like that. And the Mavs are going to push
0: him right to the limit of, of the uh, flagrant, but not quite get there. The tallest team in the league at the 4-5 or spot for the last few years has been the Dallas Mavs. Who plays power forward? Dirk. Who's going to be playing a lot of minutes at the 4 for the Houston Rockets? Josh Smith. Mm. I like that matchup. You like that for who?
2: You like it for the Mavs? Okay, I was worried for a second. (laughs) The problem is Dallas is a bad rebounding team, and Houston is a great offensive rebounding team. And I don't know if Dirk... You know, all those guys on Houston, they hop, man. They're hoppers under there. That's a tough, tough job to protect the boards. Well, you know what? Boards. I found out Dirk, Dirk went to Germany just because he's from Germany. Not, <laughs> not, nothing shady happened. Uh,
1: coming up, the most intriguing person in the playoffs, and it might not be somebody you expect. We'll tell you who it is. Coming up right next back, back. All right, the last round of honorable mentions. We couldn't even come up with a good title for this one. This is just the most honorable mention, honorable mention, guys. Uh, out of this group, who had the best case to make the top 25? Zach, you first.
2: Ooh, the best case? I think Damian Lillard, after what he did in last year's playoffs and, and you know, trying to carry a Portland team that's a little bit banged up. I think he should be in there. Damian. This is
0: easily DeAndre Jordan, who deserves to be first team all-NBA center.
2: Wow. I say the Atlanta's Atlanta's
1: DJ just because I like the concept (laughs) of NBA DJs. All right, it's time for the last four. Let's go to number four, LeBron James. Down with the king! He's got the whole city of Cleveland, the whole state of Ohio on his back. And we looked this up, actually. We had our researcher, stat maven Steve, check out all the MVP voting ever that's ever happened. And how many top five MVP finishes in a row people have had. And LeBron, if he gets top five MVP this year, it will be an entire decade in a row of top five MVP. I mean, that list makes sense to me now. You think about him historically and everything. And yet, if he brings Cleveland a title, they haven't won a title in 19- since 1964. Now it's a totally different career. How
0: much pressure does he feel just for the Cleveland part? LeBron had pressure... Being an MVP, leading the Cavs to the finals, feeling like just what you just, what you just said, that people wasn't going to appreciate him being one of the all-time greats, that pressure drove him to Miami. Now being back in Cleveland, he doesn't have pressure. He doesn't have to win five, six, or seven and throw the big, splashy press conference. He just has to win one. Does it have to be this year, though? It does not have to be this year. This is why he took two weeks off during the season. He know he has time. Yeah, he? So that's the, why he did it? Okay. <laughs> is he the only one on that list of MVPs who took a vacation in the middle of the season? No, it's two
2: weeks R&R. <laughs> it's a long season. No, he's, look, I, we, we disagree on this. I think he's got some pressure on him. He has remade in, in less than a year the Cleveland Cavaliers franchise the way he wants it. He doesn't play power forward anymore like he did in Miami. He doesn't post up quite as much. He runs spread, pick, and roll like the old days. All his friends have jobs. All his buddies from the Heat got jobs with them. This is his team and his franchise, and he's playing the way he wants And he hasn't quite won a championship ever that way. Now it's not like Miami, when the first year the pressure was unbelievable and they were villains. But I I think he's got, you know, he's got a. This this is his time now. It's building to this.
1: And this is my territory, being a tortured Red Sox fan who uh, got to the point where I really, honestly believed I was never going to see it in my lifetime, and that God hated us. And Cleveland has not won a title now for 51 years, and just has this litany of terrible things that have happened to them along the way, from Ernest Byner. Jose Mesa, just you go on down there, you can list 40 examples. And as this goes along, people start showing those clips. People start talking about it, bringing it up. You get tense. Maybe it's 2-2 to in a series. All of a sudden, you're down 10 in a game five to Atlanta. And you can feel it in the building. And I think that is a pressure that we saw sink him in 2010 against the Celtics. What are you
2: doing to these poor Cleveland fans? No,
1: I'm just saying <laughs> it's a walkthrough for them in the East, right? Everybody's like, oh, they're going to win it. But it's like, it's the playoffs, man. Pressure comes in, guys get hurt, guys get banged up, something weird happens, you just never know. The,
2: Haw- the Hawks are going to have a lot to say about that walkthrough comment. Yeah. I think well, so.
1: Except for Thabo. He's going to be uh, a be
2: precious walkthrough.
1: Uh, Number three, Steph Curry. The MVP. In my in my mind, that doesn't sound Jay, It sounds like you're on the get off my lawn. Ex player, well, if the players <laughs> voted James Harden would win.
0: It doesn't sound like you would have voted for him. Steph Curry is also my choice for MVP. Oh, I, I apologize. I, I think if James Harden would have had Russell Westbrook type statistics the entire year, where it wasn't just the points, it was the rebounds and the assists, then that would put him in a position to usurp Steph Curry. But there are only like three or four points. Um, um, that th- th- separates these two players, but also Steph, top six in points and assists, fourth in steals, NBA record in threes made. And it just so happens that he plays on the best team in the league. Thirteen teams have won 65 games. The leading scorer has won MVP ten times.
2: It's going to be so entertaining to watch him in the playoffs because, you know, we, we've talked about this, the coaches, the scheming, it's just different He's going to see every defense in the book, switching, aggressive trapping, all sorts of crazy. Who knows what else? And he's, you know, we know the history. How many championship teams have had the point guard as their best player? You know, and and how many championship teams have jacked as many threes as these guys? I I don't think that precedent necessarily means all that much, but the kitchen sink is going to get thrown at him, and it's going to be awesome to see how he responds.
1: And we've talked about uh, just the experience of seeing him in person and how magical it is sometimes when he gets going and how he can change the energy of – of the arena, I compared it to Brock Lesnar in wrestling, where it's just when Brock Lesnar starts suplexing people, just the mood changes. I think the thing that fascinates me with Steph Curry. I, I grew up always hearing about Pete Maravich. My dad like, oh, you should have seen Maravich. When I, when we're, when him in college, there was nothing like it. You stayed home to watch Pete Maravich. And it's like yeah, I watched Steph Curry, and I'm like, how could this have been – how could Maravich have been better than this? Like the stuff, the wizardry with the ball, the heat checks, the 28-footers in traffic – um, this is his breakout party, it feels like. It really does.
0: I totally agree with you, and I love that comparison. Curry compared himself to Nash, but I agree with you on the Pistol Pete because Pistol Pete was a little looser. He, he was a little more freestyle. And you have to look no further than Curry between the legs, behind the back, and the coach is standing on the sideline. Like, right. what is this guy doing all net? I would say Curry,
1: Nash was a little bit of a performer, but he was more about what it was like in the game, the right move, the right pass. Curry's a performer. Like he's doing all the stuff he's doing, but he's also thinking about people on TV and people in the stands, and I think that's what makes him special. Number two, Chris Paul. Our friend Kurt Goldsberry weighs in. Chris Paul is the best all-around point guard in the NBA, so why is he hardly even mentioned in the MVP conversation? fact that he's the best playmaker on the league's most efficient offense and the distributor in the two most prolific scoring duos in the whole league. Paul's assisted on over 500 Blake Griffin points and over 500 J.J. Redick points. No other pairings in the entire league have been nearly as successful. Paul is also a magnificent mid-range scorer. Out of 60 guys that have attempted at least 300 mid-range jumpers this year, Paul is the only one making more than half of those shots. He leads the league in assists. He's a top-tier defender, and he's one of the most efficient scorers in the whole league. Oh, and he's leading his team right back into
0: the playoffs. Thank you. Jalen, is Chris Paul underrated? 100%. I've been saying this for the last couple of years. He left off my favorite stat. He's played in every game this year. He shows up for work. He, doesn't he didn't ha- go to Miami for two weeks? <laughs> exactly. He, he doesn't have the blow-your-way athleticism of Russell Westbrook or the jaw-dropping wizardry that you just talked about about Steph Curry. He's the combination of the two, and he's really tough. He, Isaiah Thomas, and Allen Iverson, as six-foot players, I would deem that they were the toughest guys on every team that they've ever played on.
2: I just want to preemptively quash this Chris Paul can't win in the playoffs BS that comes up at, at this time of year because he hasn't gotten out of the second round. Go, people who want to say that do three things. Go back, tell me which series... His team was the better team and, and lost. Do your research beyond the couple of big mistakes he made against Oklahoma City last year. You know what you'll find? A lot of clutch baskets. Ask the Memphis fans how clutch that guy is. And go back and look at his injury history. Some of the playoff series they've lost, he's been hurt. He's had serious knee injuries. He's had hip flexors. I mean, this guy's playoff record is pristine. It's just life in the Western Conference. It's, you just face juggernauts. And I don't think there's been a single series where you
0: can look at it and say, Chris Paul's team was better, and they lost. And I want to add the fact that a couple of years ago, Gardner a six foot ten Kevin Durant, and mm. to put his team in position to win a playoff game. Well, unfortunately, the media does control a lot of these narratives, <laughs> and, and it's a
1: twenty four seven sports cycle. And at some point, the stuff starts like, "Well, Chris Paul, he never, he never made conference finals, he never made the finals." And and these guys hear this now, and that's the difference between your generation and his generation. These guys know everything everybody is saying about them. They check their Twitter replies. They're online at 4 in the morning in their hotel room. They're reading pieces. They know what people are saying. I think Chris Paul, I, I do feel like there's a little nobody believes in
0: us, stick your chest out with this team against the Spurs. One other thing, all players from every era knew what people were saying about them. That's a misnomer that I don't pay attention to what the media has to say to me. That's ignorant.
1: Okay. Okay. But you didn't have Twitter to look at in 1997. I did, but you can't Hey, work. number one. You can't work on oh Wall God, Street. Oh, my God, it's our
0: surprise number one,
1: Kyrie Irving. I'm reading the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> People were expecting LeBron James, I'm sure, or Steph Curry, but we voted for Kyrie Irving. Well, Jalen didn't vote because we didn't. We, didn't, <laughs> we always like when he doesn't get the vote. Uh, but we picked him because if he is great in the playoffs, Cleveland is going to win the title, in my opinion, because now you have two of the best seven offensive players in the league, both humming on the same cylinder.
2: Um, is that erroneous? What do you think? I, mean, I don't know if they're going to win the title, but look, this isn't an Uncle Drew commercial anymore. This is the NBA playoffs. This isn't a dribbling exhibition or a layup exhibition or the all-star game. You're going to face different matchups every night, coaches that are scheming for you, coaches that are going to try and pick on you defensively because that's been the weakness of your game. You're going to be a target now. You don't have to be the number one option on offense anymore, and that's been fabulous for his career. He's been unbelievable this year. But this is a major test on both ends of the floor. And you're right. Like, when he's clicking
0: and LeBron's clicking, they are really tough to beat. You never should follow a legend. Kyrie Irving got drafted to the Cavs after LeBron James left. He was the number one pick before he ever played with LeBron, obviously. He was an all-star. He was a U.S. basketball MVP and an all-star game MVP. He was an accomplished player already. And so now that he gets a chance to play with LeBron James, this will be his coming-out party.
1: Well, if you're a student of NBA history and a nerd like myself, second bananas swing a lot of titles. Like, you think about 2000. Oh, you were in the 2000 finals. <laughs> Who won that series for the Lakers? Kobe in Game 4 when Shaq fouled out Kobe saved the series. 2006, Dwayne Wade. Everybody thought Shaq was the alpha dog on that team. Kyrie on this team, second banana, but maybe in the finals. He might not be. All right, we did it, 25. He may be young. Let's what you right in that time. I could have talked about this forever. Zach, thank you. Jalen, thank you. We'll see you next time at the Greatland Basketball Hour.